Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves i'm emily and i am too scared to watch scary movies i'm Hemley, and i'm also too scared to watch scary movies i'm sammy and i love watching scary movies and so i watch them so that you don't have to and i tell you all about them and we've got a freaking new <gasps> release for you this week that i'm very excited about but before we get to that did anything scary happen to us this week I got my first facial. Can you believe you did your first ever? My first ever. I've also only had one. Yeah, my, uh, it's like just a thing that I've never really known. Skincare in general to me is really overwhelming. I, I I don't know how to get the results I want to get. I don't know what the best products are. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Up until recently, I've never, it's like that thing that you don't think about your skincare until it's too late and you should have been thinking about it 10 years ago where I'm like, yeah. well, fuck, I don't like ugh, the only thing I know is like moisturize, wear sunscreen, which sure, drink water. But like, there's so much more to be done. There's a lot. And I find it very overwhelming. So I never really know where to begin. But um, Sammy, you are one of my, you are one of my skincare people. I, I reach out to you. Incredible skin. Incredible skin. skin skincare addiction subreddit. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my friend Jess, who has been on the pod before, is my other skincare resource. She also has incredible skin. And like both of you are very, you like love skincare. You're very interested in it. You like think about it. For me, it's, it's like similar to like music where I'm like, well, there's too much. I, I, I don't want to know. I can't, I can't possibly uh, silence. Um, and so. Yep. Jess had gifted me uh, many moons ago a, a facial at her favorite, one of her favorite places. And it's an hour long facial. Mm. It's the Hydra facial, which I don't know. I just did that H so intensely. Hydra facial. It's a Hydra facial, which uses a little machine that like sucks stuff out of your pores while like injecting serum at the same time. It's very interesting. But so for, this is my experience with this facial. I, I, for the first 15 minutes, I was like, oh, this is so great. This is so relaxed. This was like washing my face and rubbing like, I don't know, foamy stuff on my face and then wiping it off and like more foamy stuff on my face. And I was like, this is great. This is great. This is great. And then the machine starts. and I'm like, OK, this is still pretty great. I like like the feeling of it being like sucking and like, you know, like it's like a little bit harsh, but in a like satisfying way. And I was like, man, I'm going to I'm going to do this all the time. This is so great. And then she goes in <laughs> with the extraction tool, which sorry, this is nasty, but like whatever. Um, and does does it just a, just a few extractions, tears coming out the corners of my eyes. It hurt so bad in such a like specific way it's like someone is both pressing and stabbing one Mm -hmm, tiny mm -hmm. point in your face and Mm -hmm. i in that moment i was like 
leave my face nasty. Like, leave it disgusting. Don't do this to me. Like, don't. <laughs> and I was like, I'll never do this again. I hate this. Then, you know, we moved past that and we continue on with the facial. And by the end, I was like, well, I'm doing this every day of my life, which I'm not because it's expensive. And probably not good to do every day. <laughs> probably not good to do every day. But man, it's the thing that really overwhelms me about skincare is like, okay, so then I do, I do this facial. I go through my journey of I love it. I hate it. I love it. And now I'm all, I, you know, every day, every day I'm looking at my pores. I'm like, wow, look at this. This really did some stuff. And then I look up, okay, great. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll keep this up. Maybe I'll like have good, clean, nice skin and t- prioritize my skin. They recommend doing it every two to four weeks. Two to four weeks. It is $200, $200, like what the fuck just for my skin to look better which is like sure i obviously want that but like what i'm supposed to do that to feel like now i'm like well i feel like i'm gonna be just like a nasty little piece of shit for the rest of my life because i can't (laughs) possibly do that and it's like what okay i have so many things to say about this please because i because it is like killing me. okay and actually it dovetails with what i wanted to talk about this week which was that i have a wedding this weekend and the amount of like bodily prep i have done for this wedding just this week i'd bodily forgotten I've, i'd forgotten because yeah. it's been you like, gotta do your you gotta do your tanner yeah you're gotta exfoliating fuck. before the tanner uh-huh uh-huh you gotta like shave your legs you gotta you gotta <laughs> shave your legs um no but it's so many things like getting your nails done like getting i got a spray tan like making sure my hair looks good aka i should have gotten a haircut and gotten it colored but instead i cut it in my own bathroom um (laughs) like i literally don't have time even to do the most basic stuff and i was shocked at remembering how like pre-baby pre-pandemic this was just like normal run-of-the-mill body maintenance i'm doing all the time you know getting body wax yep getting a wax getting your hair and colored, we haven't even getting talked your nails about done. the body maintenance of like fucking diet and exercise that we feel like we sometimes need to do which is like fuck it's that shit too so time consuming it's so expensive it's, time-consuming, it's also mentally consuming do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it fucks with your mm-hmm. brain to be like i have to do all these things to make my body good to go to thing and have people look yes. at body <laughs> so, yes oh my god make meat good for people like i okay but all right so specifically on the facial topic though um this is something that i've struggled with as well it's like facials or skincare or opt out of all of it um uh-huh. because of course we can always choose to do that and there's one dermatologist that i follow on instagram dr shireen something do you guys follow her she's no but i will send her to me send her to me she's great um but she says one of the things that she talks about is how you can choose like you can either be getting a facial once a month and basically be doing like no other skincare or you can just do like a skincare routine every day and you don't really need to get facials like okay. facials are kind of unnecessary great. Great. Love to hear this. Love to hear this. The lady who did my facial really made me feel like I needed to be doing facials. (laughs) Are you serious? That's so rude. Well, no, she just like they show you like what they extract from your skin, which is kind of nasty, but kind of like, oh, my God, all that was like. I've I've never. The machine like sucks it out. And so she's like, look, (gasps) do you want to see? She actually didn't ask me and I would have said no. But um, she she was like, she shoved it in your face like you fucking dirty, you dirty bitch. Uh, Look at at it. She shoved my nose in it like a dog. (laughs) 
gross. That's so gross. Wait, can we just all can we all say whether or not we watch videos those videos online when they pop up of people no, extracting I can't, things? I can't. I can't. They disgust can't me. It. But some people very much love them, and I get the sense by your huge smile on your face <laughs> that you're one of those people. Some people, and maybe one of them is here. <laughs> this is a, this is a huge public reveal for me. But um, yeah, no, I don't at all seek them out because I thought would be a step too far for my own like well, sense now they're going to be seeking you out you realize that right you're you, they... because i voiced it yes, out loud yes um i've never i've never admitted this out loud but when they do <laughs> pop up on the tiktok al- algorithm i will i will give it a little look sees <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> so i don't gross. think you're alone in that henley i think you don't you don't have to be ashamed oh thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> I'll say just one more thing, which I really spiraled. I don't know. I don't think I told you guys this. I really spiraled like a few weeks ago ish in that I saw a tweet of someone being like, I met this woman, this older woman who had flawless skin. And I asked her, what does she do to have flawless skin? And she said, oh, well, I trained myself to sleep on my back. And and I, and I went down this rabbit hole of like, do I need to train myself to sleep on my back? And how do I? And I started looking up articles and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, sleep, like, the it's hard enough to sleep. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna start fucking with my sleep just to like maybe not smush my skin while I'm asleep. A thing I can't possibly control. It just like makes me feel insane. We have such little control over it. We like to convince ourselves that we have more control than we do. Yeah, but it's, it's basically genes. all genetic. Yeah, oh. it's all genes. Um, so it's got to be a, a balance between mania and, <laughs> and <not>. finding skin, <laughs> finding skincare things you like that are bring you happiness. This is a good perspective. And working on accepting the realities of aging. <laughs> I think this is like the thesis of Poog, the podcast is yeah. essentially like we can the search is giving us meaning like right the search. right which that is you got to revel in the process that's the whole point of existence right if you're not enjoying it stop doing I'm it i'm not i gotta say right now i'm not enjoying says <laughs> i'm not i'm not enjoying it because it feels like i'll never figure it out well the point is not to figure it out the point is mm. that there isn't an answer because if there was then we'd be dead <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the point it's you know? about trying product after product <laughs> after product and knowing that none of them will ever fill the void inside of us <laughs> and there's beauty in that there's beauty in that process there's beauty in that um well my scary thing is also skin related and that is that Officially, the mosquito bites have started. Oh, no. no. It's officially that time, and I'm very upset. You can maybe see here. Yeah, can you give us an average average amount where where you're receiving them? I've got three on my arm, and I've got, oops, one on front of each ankle, like at the front of my foot. Because, you know, the L.A. mosquitoes, they're They're the ankle biters. biters. And, And I'll tell you what. If you've got, if you're, if you go outside and you're like, I'm done good, I'm done good. All my ankles are covered. I've covered them. They're not getting through. Guess what they'll get? Your wrists. Mm -hmm. What's a wrist if not an arm ankle? And they will get. (laughs) What's a wrist if not an arm ankle? I got devoured on my wrists recently. And that is like an icky place to have a bunch of bites. 
I hate them so much. And just kind of a scary thing was that my very first bite happened while I was on a date with a person (laughs) that doesn't know me very well. (laughs) And I turned into a full maniac. (laughs) What happened? What happened? Give us a little glimpse into what that was. I just like like. couldn't pay attention to any of the conversation. He was like trying to talk, and I just am darting my little eyes around, like, where the fuck are they? Where's the fuck is this mosquito? (laughs) Were you inside or outside? outside and um after we finished a drink i made us leave the location we were at i was like i'm sorry i just know that there are mosquitoes here and i'm not going to be able to to have a good time and so we went to a different bar uh further down the street and went inside and then i could finally relax but this is also a person that on our first date i talked about um cvs for a half an hour (laughs) cv cvs cvs the pharmacy cvs CVS the the pharmacy? pharmacy Yeah, uh, and not just CBS, but the uh, Care Plus uh, program. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. We <laughs> talked about how much I love CBS and why, for what reasons, <laughs> for a really long time. So I guess the scary thing really is dating again after being uh, alone by myself for two years in my house, CBS. Um, just talking to my cats. I mean, obviously, I'm I. I am in love with you, but I can't imagine going on a date with somebody who did that and not being like, well, they're perfect. (laughs) That's fascinating. (laughs) This person is uh, incredible and I'm I'm done. I found him. I mean, he needed to know how great CVS is. I just couldn't live with myself. Can you give can you give some like He brought up Walgreens and I was like, Walgreens? No, 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 no. (laughs) What? No, 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 no. Listen to this. I drive way out of my way to go to CVS because I fucking hate Walgreens and Rite Aid. I won't go. I what? won't. I refuse. I've never heard this before. Can you give some top line reasoning for why you love CVS so much? Well, do you have 30 minutes? <laughs> okay. What? As Emily mentioned, the care pass is a big part of it. Okay. Okay. You pay $5 a month for a care pass and it gives you $10 a month. Uh, off coupon immediately you're making five bucks just from that amazing and (laughs) on top of that the amount of deals (laughs) coupons discounts cash back it's outrageous Mm. it's just i i feel like i'm making money when i shop at cvs because of how much i utilize the coupons and i i'm really strategic about it and i save up you know when i need to go and i have like the most coupons and i need the most stuff and so i'll go i've gone once when i've literally had 65 dollars subtracted from my total that's amazing and i text jenna each time and i'm like 65 dollars this time jenna Sixty-five. Once again, I would propose on the spot. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know what else a person is supposed to do. She's, yeah, this is a person that is knows her deals. She's savvy with money. She knows how to shop. That's right. Um, but something else scary happened to me this week, and that is that I went to the theater to see this week's movie, which is The Black Phone. Directed by Scott Derrickson, written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill. They are the team also behind Sinister. Uh, This is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. Oh, okay. Interesting. It is starring Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw, and Ethan Hawke. Those guys are big Hawkheads, I guess. Um, yeah, they've and there's another there's another actor in this, um, James Ransone, who was also in Sinister. 
and Sinister 2. So a real, yeah, re-teaming. They liked working together, all of them, I guess. Which <sighs> I, I, I get. Mm-hmm. I like working with the same people, too. All I've seen is the poster for this, and the poster was very frightening, I gotta say. Yeah, I, the little information I have about this movie leads me to believe that you are really going to be upset. I mean, I like you particularly. I agree. I agree. I'm stealing myself for it. I like I'm I'm ready. But my main question is, Sammy, you had a central fear going into. I was about to ask the same question. Thank you, Henley. (laughs) You were very concerned that this might disrupt your crush, your love, your deep, deep, deep feelings for Ethan (laughs) Hawke by watching this film. Did that happen? Yes or no? It didn't, which, you know, is maybe what a relief bad also for me, because, yes, <laughs> I, I love Ethan Hawke a lot. And he does play a villain, predator, pedophile, bad, bad person. In this. Well, that's a lot of bad adjectives. Yeah, that's a lot of bad things. So, uh, yeah, I was concerned that it would change my perspective of him and it didn't i just think he's a great actor i you know i wasn't necessarily attracted to his character <laughs> sure necessarily necessarily is the key word well, there okay, not well i can still see that he's hot emily <laughs> sure sure and you know what that's bad. Okay. <laughs> valid honestly i think it's healthier that it didn't sway your opinion about ethan hawk the person because i think if you it's true Left that movie being like, oh, no, Ethan Hawke, then you have a, you know, that's that's like not fair. That's not fair. He's playing (laughs) a part. He's he is an actor. He is playing playing a a role. And he's he's great in it. I mean, he does a good job. He's great in everything. I love Ethan Hawke. He's just the best. He's he's great. He's the best. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it has an 84 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a 79 percent on Metacritic and a 7.3 on IMDb. Pretty good. The budget was somewhere between 16 and 18 million. And so far it's made 48 million. And hmm. I think it's just been you know a little over a week, a week, yeah, week, week and a half or so. So that's pretty good. And this is the first like original horror of the year, I think that's done this well. And oh, nice. I mean, we had we had Scream. Mm-hmm. Did Scream not do th- that well? No, Scream did great, but it's uh, based on, you know, an existing franchise. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, yes, yes. And so, and Crimes of the Future did not do very well. Okay, okay, great. Yeah, just good for them, good for Ethan. We love to see it. There's a lot, and this, I mean, I feel like this is jump-starting the uh, big summer of horror. The spooky, spooky summer. About to get a lot. Spooky summer. Should we start spooky season now? I I mean, we sort of... Yeah, I mean... Always are. We're kind of a year-round spooky season (laughs) crew. I know, but there's there's extra emphasis on it when we're in spooky season. It's true. true. No, it does feel like they're doing... They're doling out horror movies at a nice steady pace right now mm-hmm. like like at least one a month we got nope next month yeah nope and then this body- month baby oh, it's july oh my god it's july already nope this month then bodies 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 and pray and um there were a lot of good horror trailers before the black phone that i hadn't heard of so there's mm. that one smile that Ooh, i smile. had heard of Ooh. that looks interesting could kind of go either way i think yeah it could be bad could be good there was one called barbarian that looked great and one called the invitation which is uh, we already did a movie with that title (laughs) but this is a vampire one so i'm interested in that so yeah spooky summer i'm i'm here for it also huge news that uh night bitch (laughs) which oh my god can't wait for 
Night Bitch, the <laughs> werewolf movie. Scoot McNary, another classic Sammy crush coming mm-hmm. in in a leading role. Um, very exciting news. Love Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary and Amy Adams in Night Bitch. I'm adding it to my calendar right now. No release date yet, but I'll but, just put it on every day just in it's case. It's the full calendar of maybe <laughs> Night Bitch question mark? Night Bitch question mark? <laughs> check for night. Check who's make, Night make Bitch. Make no out. plans. Make no plans for 2023 because any day might be Night Bitch. I like adding it to your morning routine to Wordle, Cordle, Film, Birdle, how Movie-dle, many? Movie-dle, frame, your first two words actordle. in every wordle. Night bitch. Night, night, bitch. Bitch. night, night bitch. bitch. Not a bad first word. Not a terrible first word. I aim to do start my first word with three vowels. I try to do three vowel Ooh. words. Smart. Um, some trivia about this movie. Uh, the grabber dons several creepy masks throughout the film. Ew, the grabber? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ethan Hawke's character's name is the Grabber. Oh, the Grabber. You, you hate Ew, to see I it. I really don't like that. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> and you've so you've seen the poster, you've seen his mask. It is like a very very creepy mask. It looks thick. It <laughs> looks very thick. It looks like it's made out of clay. Kind of, yeah. Um, but I would guess it's probably hard plastic. Hard, probably hard plastic. Okay, <laughs> just yeah. thicker and um, more clay colored, a little gray, <laughs> sure. grayer, a little more texturized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so he dons several creepy masks throughout the film, each exposing different portions of his face. And the mask was designed by legendary prosthetic makeup artist Tom Savini, who <gasps> we spoke of Snake in killer. our Snake killer. Friday the Thirteenth episode, which. Since talking about that, people have sent us statements from him saying, like, brushing off the snake thing. Like, I had nothing to do with the snake thing. Somebody somebody killed a snake for real in Friday the 13th. Yep. Or no. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th. And allegedly it was Tom Savini. And he claims it wasn't. But the seed has been planted and I don't trust this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is the danger of misinformation. <laughs> well, I heard it and I hate him. <laughs> heard him and I hate him. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Until he gives me a name. It's his name that I'll choose to blame. And but the mask is great. He did a great job on these masks. So Okay. Well, you know. So good job, Tom. Um, okay, so Scott Derrickson also directed Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange, which I didn't know. Every single time we say Doctor Strange, my brain goes Doctor Sleep. It's a, it's an understandable thing so. to confuse. Doctor Strange, which is the Marvel one. Yes, and okay. he was supposed to direct the Multiverse of Madness, the sequel as well, and I think began directing it and then left it over creative differences and huh. Sam Sam Raimi took over, uh, but Scott Derrickson stayed on as an executive producer. Thought that was kind of interesting. And this, there's a a lot of child actors in this. It's, um, you know, m- mostly told from the perspective of kids. And the main girl in it, this actress Madeline McGraw. Immediately when she started speaking, she has the voice of the little girl from The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, which one? The tiny one with a list? Yeah, baby Nell. Yeah, young Nell. She's so cute. And (laughs) and she kind of looks like her, too. And so I was like, is this her? And she she's like 
because this girl's probably 12 or so. Mm. And I was like, I guess it like it could be her. And it looks enough like her and sounds enough like her. But also there's something just a little bit off. I was like, "Uh, I don't know. It's like not exactly right, but it could be. And it was bugging me the whole time. (laughs) And afterwards I looked it up and it's her sister. It's her older sister. So Violet McGraw is the actor in Haunting of Hill House. And this is Madeline McGraw. And this is a family of four children where all of them are actors, which makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I don't. Is there a father Tim McGraw? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. Isn't that Faith Hill's husband? I, they're, yes. N- no, I don't think they're Faith Hill and Tim McGraw's kids. No. Can you imagine, though? Um, what a family. That is. That makes me nervous, too. Yeah. But she was great. She was great. And so was the little girl in Haunting of Hill House. So I don't know. I know. I really have thoughts about because it's like I like watching things with kids in them. And I like when kids are good actors. But it's also like kids shouldn't have jobs. Right. One time I had to run an errand for my boss whose daughter was basically I had to like go to some child union acting union office to get some paperwork signed. And the lobby was just filled with parents and their children. And it was including like small children, like babies that were like crawling around and it was packed and everyone was just waiting. And it was like Tuesday at like noon. And I'm like, they they should be in school. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Like, what's everyone doing here? Like this, it just was so sad. I think that I've always felt that way. When I go to like, if I've ever been to commercial auditions where there are children there and I'm like, it's the middle of the day. Yeah. This kid should be in school, like having fun at recess, like not in a fucking like office building right now. Proving yeah. that they're like cutest, best, most talented. No, thank you. No, yeah, thank you. I don't know. But I, but I, but it's like, you know, stuff needs kids in it. I don't know. We need to be entertained. We must be entertained. And these, the, it sounds like the McGraw children are the ones to do it. <laughs> and, we, and we need it to be the McGraws. She was great. I thought she was great in it. Um, but yeah, just thought I'd point, point that out. Um, I thought it was interesting. And we are going to watch the trailer later. And uh, because it shows basically the whole movie. Okay, so, great. Uh, listeners, if you want to see our trailer reaction, you can go to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast and our trailer reaction will be there. But for now, I think it's the bleakest time of the year. So you know what that means? We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. 
So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise, plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Let's jump right in to this recap. Okay. Okay. All right. And I got to start us off with a trigger warning. This movie is basically uh, wall-to-wall child abuse. <laughs> no, that's not true. And also not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The way that... I, yeah, I don't like the combo of just saying, oh like, God. we need to be entertained by kids, plus uh, laughing uh, about child abuse is probably the, a bad combo. The way, the way that rolled out, I, I really... That, <laughs> I, like, did, really I laughed at it and then was like, why are you laughing, you fucking freak? <laughs> okay. Um, and some allusions or like references to child sexual abuse there's a it's yep kid stuff kid stuff a lot of it yeah okay great great and also a disclaimer that i saw it in theaters and again i don't take notes in the theater and so you know it's a little a little looser than normal yep so we start in 1978 in denver and it's at a kids baseball game we meet our protagonist is the pitcher of this baseball game his name is Finney he does you know like throws the first two he's like he's very good and is trying to strike out this guy hitting I don't know sports terms hitter (laughs) batter batter batter. that's that's correct batter batter it looks like he's gonna get him out and all the like girls that he's trying to impress are watching in the stands and then on the third one the batter hits it out and gets a home run and Finney looks disappointed in himself but at the end when they're shaking hands the batter is like you've got a really incredible arm you almost had me there and they have like a nice little moment Finney smiles like it makes him feel a little bit better about himself one of my favorite things about watching sports ever is when the game is over and people from opposite teams are, are nice to each other. I know. I really like it. I really like it. I went to one baseball game once and was in the outfield. And when the whatever opposing team was out there, people would just scream at scream at them like horrible things. Oh, like and the it fans? was make yes, it yeah. was making me so upset. I was like, D- you don't have to be so mean to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But like you see it the most, I feel like in basketball, when the game is over, they all go like, they like hug each other and they say things in each other's ears. And yeah, that's cute. That is my favorite thing. I like that as well. Um, but so we see them part ways. The batter's name is Bruce. And he's riding home on his bike. We're having these like 70s. These are like middle school age. Yeah, kids. I think okay. they're probably all about 13, 14. And he is riding on his bike and we see a black van mm-hmm. cross in front of him and him stop someone get out of the van and it cuts to black. Ugh. And a few days later, we see Finney. At the breakfast table with his dad, his dad is clearly very hungover and um, yelling at him for every noise that he's making. His sister Gwen comes into the room and accidentally opens uh, the toaster in a way that makes like a loud noise as well. And she jumps at it, like knowing that she's going to get in trouble for making noise. So they're clearly very aware that they're on eggshells basically around. They're like tiptoeing around their dad. Mm-hmm. alcoholic dad and they are talking about bruce's disappearance so they know that he has been abducted he is not the first person that has been abducted this has now happened a few times gwen and finney walk to school together and as they're walking to school they stumble upon some of their classmates fighting getting in a fight like kind of a gnarly fight it's between this guy moose and robin and Moose says like a racial slur to Robin. And so Robin like, absolutely beats the shit out of him, even though Robin's a little smaller. Mm. Um, and Finney takes Gwen, pulls her aside. He's like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. And she says, Moose is an, was an asshole. Moose beat you up. Like, you should like to see him getting beaten up. And he's like, no, I just, I, nobody deserves that. Like, again, Robin is really, really beating the shit out of him. Oh, There's Jesus. a lot of kids like very violently beating the shit out of each other to the point where it's like, oh, they might die. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I don't like it. Uh, but we, it's clear that Finney is not a fighter and that he probably gets bullied. He has been beaten up, but doesn't like to part, does what he can to avoid these fights. So they keep walking on and Finney asks Gwen if she thinks or if they'll find Bruce and he's asking her as if she has some authority on this. And she says, they're not going to find him how they want to find him. Oh, mm. wait, is Gwen younger or older? Younger. Interesting. Okay. But they're close. They they're look like about 12 and 13. Okay. You know, I'm not great with the ages, but that, that is around right. there. Sure. I think she's probably a year younger than him. Because mm-hmm. um, so they're going to the same school. Mm hmm. Yeah, so there's a hint at her having some sort of psychic abilities. Oh, it's psychic. It's psychic abilities. I was thinking she, like, knew something was involved in some way. Okay, okay. Okay. She's got a bit more of a sight. Which is very Stephen Kingy. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wish I was psychic. (laughs) I don't know. It would be a lot of pressure. (laughs) We we have this conversation occasionally, and I just still want i still want to be psychic i don't okay well we can agree to like have different points of view on that i just want flawless skin that's all i want (laughs) i'd like to um, maybe be able to teleport teleport that'd be be yeah no no if we're choosing if we're choosing that would be the best one to have (gasps) um what about time travel 
Nah. I know it gets complicated, and I know you just watch The Time Traveler's Wife, and there's too much drama on that, but... <laughs> Okay, sorry. This is a sidetrack. Let's get back just, to the goddamn just story. Just so the listeners know, though, there is a scene in The Time Traveler's Wife where the time traveler goes back in time to suck his own dick. I think yeah. it's important that people know that. <laughs> That's what made me not want to watch it. You told me that. include it in the TV show. <sighs> That's so crazy. It's very funny. Um, okay, so... As they're walking to school, Gwen refers to the grabber, says, well, you know, the grabber did this. And Finney says something like, don't say his name. So there's clearly some mm. little rumor that he takes people that say his name. She brushes it off like that's, you know, not true. And they get to school. Three bullies gang up on Finney and mm -hmm. chase him through the halls into the bathroom and into the bathroom comes Robin with his knuckles covered in blood. Ugh. And Robin stands between them and Finney and basically says, if you fuck with Finney, you fuck with me. And they're all scared of Robin. And so they all leave. Mm. And Robin turns to Finney and says, you know, you need to start learning how to stand up for yourself. So they have a, a, a little... A little friendship there. That's nice. And we see Finney in class, in like a science class. He has a little toy rocket that he plays with, and he stares at this girl, Donna, that he clearly has a crush on. Mm -hmm. And then detectives pull Gwen out of her class for questioning. So we see them pull her into an office mm. somewhere, and they say, what did you tell your friend whatever, Angela or whatever. And she says, oh, I had a dream that the grabber had black balloons. And they say, how did you hear that? And she says, I didn't hear it. I, I dreamt it. And they say there were black balloons at all of the crime scenes, I guess, where the kids were kidnapped. And he said, we've never released that information anywhere. Like, tell us who told you that. And she starts getting frustrated and she says, you know, I told you they're dreams. And that's like, nobody told me they're dreams. And she's like, what What do you think? What like, what's the alternative here? You think I'm the grabber? You think I'm the grabber? You fucking idiots. She starts like <laughs> screaming at them. It's very funny. Her vibe is very fun. She's like, you fucking morons. You think I'm the grabber? Is that what you're alluding to right now? Great, they're like, great, no, great. <laughs> we just need to know where you got this. Like, what aren't you telling us? And she gets quiet and she says, sometimes my dreams become real. And this mm -hmm. is something that's happened before. And these detectives seem to just believe her. They're like, okay. all right. Okay. Which is you know, convenient. <laughs> yeah. And after school, Gwen goes to a friend's house. Finney says, I'll take care of dad. And we see Robin walking home from school. And again, a black van pulling up, no. someone coming out and it cutting to black. So now Robin is gone. We see Finn at home taking care of his passed out dad, like cleaning up beer bottles everywhere and falling asleep in front of the TV. And he wakes up the next morning to really really intense screams and his dad is beating Gwen with a belt it is oh definitely God. the most upsetting scene in the film oh it's God. really prolonged oh and her performance is like really really intense he's hitting her very hard screaming oh. at her that the cops came to his work asking questions what did you do why are you 
And he says, you're not your mom. Your dreams aren't real. And so there's, again, a little hint that this is something that happened in their family. Maybe Mm -hmm. why their mom is not around anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe why the dad's an alcoholic. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so he basically um, makes her... Makes her say to him, my dreams aren't real. My dreams aren't real. My dreams aren't real. And Finney is watching this, uh, you know, obviously very upset by it. I bet by the end of the movie, Finney's going to have to learn to stand up to bullies. I think he might. I think he just might. Huge, huge. Huge. Uh, Oh, huge. (laughs) (laughs) Then the next day at school... Now, or I don't know if it's the next day, maybe it's a few days later. Everyone knows now Robin is also gone. And so the bullies come after Finney because mm. now his little protector is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, yeah, is so crazy. Like, well, this kid's been abducted, so now we can beat the shit out of Finney. <laughs> and I guess bullies are just always looking for somebody to pick on. Yeah. Sort of their whole deal. Mm-hmm. Finney is being beat up by the three bullies and Gwen sees it and runs out and grabs a huge rock and comes to the one that's like closest to Finney and smacks him in the head with the rock really hard and then just starts wailing on one of the others. They punch her and kick her like she's just like Jesus throwing down. <laughs> this is this is too much physical violence for one morning. <laughs> I know, like, this is a this is yeah, a lot. A lot. Right. Well, it's, I mean, maybe we're commenting here on the cycle of violence and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so How it keeps going. Yeah. But sh- we see the kid that she hit in the head with the rock is pouring blood from his head uh, to the point where it seems like he might die. This is the one that I was thinking this seems potentially lethal amounts of violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fatal violence. But he doesn't die. And it, I mean, I don't know. I guess we I think we do see him again later. It doesn't follow up with him going to the hospital or anything. I was worried about him, <laughs> but nobody else seems that worried about him. Okay. Well, heads do bleed a lot. That's mm-hmm. true. So, so he's probably fine. <laughs> so he's probably fine. And uh, then after school that day, again, Gwen goes to stay at a friend's house and we see Finney walking home alone mm. and a black van pulls mm. up in front of him and we see a man get out with a bag of groceries and trip and fall and basically drop eggs everywhere and all his groceries and he's going oh my god isn't that just peachy keen isn't that ew. peachy keen ew. <laughs> is it ethan hawk yes don't fall for it don't fall for it finney he obviously does this is like such a fast rate of like abducting children too i it's know like, can it's you like, just calm like down you have a bunch just like leave some space like how many are you gonna take like how many it is a little unclear how much time i think some time does pass but it doesn't feel like that long you're right but there are some i mean because it has been going on for a while there are some from like years past oh god but okay it does seem to be ramping up to say like oh there's a van don't but he doesn't know that that's how they get got only we do right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. okay and so he starts going to help him clean, like grab his, get his groceries back into his bag. And we get a look at the man's face. It's covered in white powder, almost like a mime or like clown face paint. Ugh. Ew. And he says, can you hand me my hat? He has a top hat. And <laughs> okay, this That's is like funny. above and beyond. That's pretty funny. This is above, this guy's like <laughs> cosplaying as the Babadook. I know it is. It is. 
Babadookian. <laughs> Babadookian. I also like th- uh, truly there's nothing funnier than a specific hat. Like pretty much across the board, having a like him being like, can you help me with my hat? And it's a funny top hat. It's like, <laughs> I really, I really like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Finney hands him his hat. He puts it on and says, I'm a, you know, I'm a magician. Would you like to see a magic trick? And Finney smiles and says yes. And then Finney sees into the back of his van. He's got a bunch of black balloons. And then yeah. Finney realizes and says, are those black balloons? And immediately the guy grabs him, shoves him into the back. There's a scuffle and Finney takes his rocket and slices the grabber's arm pretty good. Um, but still the grabber is able to chloroform him and knock him out and put him oh, in the back oh, of this van. Oh, I don't like it. Uh, so then Finney wakes up in a basement, thick cement walls, soundproofed, and he's at first, you know, out of it, very out of it because he's been drugged. And we just see little glimpses of the grabber and hear him saying, like, I should kill you for what you did to my arm. And hearing that he's very angry. Uh, and I think then Finney passes back out and then wakes back up and the grabber's back down there now with his arm bandaged up. And his mask, it basically is two two halves. So you can switch out the top half or the bottom half. So the bottom half can have mm. different expressions. It's mm. a very like pointy chin. And so it can have a big smile or a big frown. At first, it has nothing. It's like a Neo in the Matrix, like freaky, freaky, like no, no mouth, no No mouth, mouth. sealed shut with skin. Yeah. And then now that that was what he was wearing when he was angry. And now that his arm is bandaged up, he has one with a big smile. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, he seems kind of playful. Sure. Oh, yeah. The mask kind of reminded me of the Nightmare Before Christmas mayor, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That big, like, terrifying smile. Mm-hmm. That movie really scared me when I was a kid. Also, that's a pretty way. that's a pretty scary movie. We see that Finney still has the rocket in his hand, that it has not been confiscated, even though the grabber must know that that's what he used to stab him. Um, and that little rocket never comes into play again, which kind of irritated me. Mm. That just reminds me of a thing that irritates me. <laughs> that reminds me of a thing that irritates me that mm-hmm. never comes back. Um, sorry, I'm once again going to talk about Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> that in one of the early episodes of Stranger Things, Hopper gets his foot like fully smashed and demolished oh, and broken oh. in like the most gruesome way. It's like a plot point, like break my foot, break my And it's like nasty. And then literally he can run and walk and move and do any physical anything it's never bandaged it's never wrapped up it's not in a boot it's not he is he like jumps and lands on it it's to it's like this would be your foot is fucked up and you made a point to show us that your foot is fucked up and then it's like well thank god there were no stakes to that that's so funny i hadn't even thought about that but you're absolutely right every shot he's in like what about his foot (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they just completely removed it. It's like he's in like a Wiley Coyote cartoon or something. There are right. no consequences no to the violence that happened. Consequences. I, you know what? It worked on me. I like just went right over my head. Didn't okay, even think I, twice I, about I, it. I like, 
cannot stop thinking about his foot. No, anyway. yeah, those things are annoying. I feel like it's like, well, then just don't do it. Then exactly. just don't break his foot. You didn't need like why? Why? And maybe it's just because that like ugh, the break really stuck with me because it was net. It's like it's really a ugh, anyway. Whatever. I'm yeah. still watching it. You know, I'm still watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched the most recent episode or nine that just came out or eight, I guess that just came out. Yeah, yesterday. The, not, the not two and a half hour one. We, we watched it as well. I thought that was pretty boring. I like didn't like that. A, lo- a lot of it's a lot of it's pretty boring. But that episode really bored <laughs> I'm me. Still watching it. Anyway, I, mean, I, I get yeah. it where it's like, why show us the thing if you're not going to use the thing? Yeah. You just don't show us the thing. I mean, he used the thing. And so it's like, this is like, they take it away. It's like we, yeah, exactly. Like we've seen that this thing is now a, a useful weapon. weapon and that he still has it. And then the fact that he never uses it again is yeah. Obnoxious. Yeah. Have the grabber have taken it away from him in that scene. That would make the most sense. So anyways, <laughs> uh, so the grabber's now back in there with his big smiley face and of course is just very creepy and gross is basically stroking Finney's hair, like tucking his hair behind his ears and being really sweet with him. Now his tune has changed. He's like, I'm sorry that I was angry earlier. You just, you really hurt my arm, but you know, it's okay. And I forgive you. It's yeah, he's gross. And uh, we get a look around the r- room. There is a mattress f- uh, for him to sleep on. And there it's it, it's in the basement, but there is a window right at the top of the room. Like that's at ground level. But the grabber informs him that he soundproofed everything himself. Like scream all you want. No, no one's going to hear you. And around the corner, there is a bathroom with a toilet and some um rugs like rolled up rugs carpets type of things mm-hmm. and then on the floor i mean on the wall there is a disconnected black phone the cord has been cut it's not connected to anything and at one point the grabber says oh is that the phone ringing and finney doesn't hear anything and it's like what and he's like oh it's the strangest thing like sometimes the phone rings even though it's disconnected but nobody's ever there and it's just a um, yeah, strange. Okay. So eventually the grabber goes back upstairs. He's got a big heavy lock on the door and we see Finn screaming and screaming and screaming and see from outside that it's like very much soundproof. Nobody will be able to hear. Mm. And he's just in like a normal house or something or we haven't seen like the house. Yeah, yet. we get the sense okay. that it's probably a normal house. And he is he the only one there, the previous victim. He's the only are one there. Yeah. Gone. Yep. Yep. Sammy, are you feeling are you feeling scared at all during any of this? Is this like scary vibes or is it more like it vibes? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it like like icky or or like big budgety? I mean, it's not big budget, but do you know what I mean? Like, what are the what's the I was feeling scared. I feel there were a lot of things that reminded me of Sinister, which people find Sinister very scary as well. It's definitely got that dirtiness that we I do not like don't that's love. the thing I, that's the thing I hate the most. <laughs> I may, I maybe wasn't, you know, peak scared just yet in this moment, but I'm definitely on edge. Ooh, but you're going to get there. You're going to get there. It's going to get you're going to be scared. Yeah, I think kind of the longer we stay in this basement, the more stressed I get. Okay. <laughs> oh god, I'm already so stressed. I'm not realizing, oh, you know, he he grabs a new kid when he has killed his last kid. That, you know, 
they'll always got to have a kid in the basement. So that's yeah. I was thinking he was sort of like you know st- 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 like stocking, stocking up, stocking up on, <laughs> on kids. Sort of like fresh, fresh style, you know, just a bunch of little cells with a bunch right. of little, little kids in it. But no, just the one. Nope, just the one. Just the one. Time. Okay. Well. Okay. So we see Gwen learning of Finney's disappearance, and mm. there's a really cool shot where it's like a vertigo zoom where she's running towards camera in slow motion. And so it looks like she's running in place. It just really stuck out to me as a fucking very cool shot. And it's, yeah, as she's running home from her friend's house after she's gotten the news. And earlier Finn had asked her if she could intentionally dream details to try to find Robin or Bruce. And she says, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Of course I've tried. Like it does, that's not how that, how it works. Mm. But now she pulls open her a little dollhouse and pulls out a Bible, a rosary, a cross, all these religious icons and uh, puts them around her and starts praying like, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, like, help me, help me find my brother. Help me give like basically give me dreams that will tell me the answers. You better come through this time. You better come through, Jesus. Hmm. Jesus, hmm. we're counting hmm. on you. And back in the basement, we see... Finney trying to basically figure out if there's any way out of here. He, the window, the one window in the room is very high. He can't reach it. So he tries to drag the mattress over to see if maybe he can stand on it. It's like a box spring and a mattress. But when he gets to it, he sees it's all anchored to the floor. So you can't, he can't Ah. move the mattress. Um, And he's just looking around seeing if he can figure anything out, but it's not looking great. And then the phone rings. Okay. And it creeps him out. It's like a, probably a little jump scare. And he slowly goes up to it and answers it. And there's no one there. And he falls asleep. And then the next morning wakes up. And the grabber is in the room with him, just watching him sleep. When he wakes up, he says, I just wanted to look at you. I really hated, really hated that. This is where Finney basically confronts him saying, you killed all those other boys. The grabber is still in this like trying to be nice phase and saying like, oh, I would never hurt you. Um, You're so special to me. And he says, I'll never make you do anything you won't like. So there's definite implication of of potential sexual abuse. And (laughs) Finney says to him, if you touch me, I'll scratch your face so hard that people will know people will ask questions when you go outside because he's the grabber is not down there all the time. He's like clearly still living his life upstairs. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so he's Finney's thinking. He already does that in weird mime makeup. So I I feel like he's in a top hat. Like he's attracting attention already. That's true. true. Yeah. Finney's basically just telling him I'm going to scratch your face uh, he's got this big heavy mask on. He kind of giggles and says, This face. <laughs> oh my God. 
Ethan Hawke. The grabber then, it's, I think he hears somebody upstairs and basically says, I, I've got to go. So there's some, we get a clue that somebody else is in the house. And again, Finney says, you know, I'll scream, I'll scream. And he's like, I did scream all you want. Like, I don't care. So we can't hear you. And sh- shuts the door. Grabber leaves. Um, then the phone rings again. And Finney's freaked out by the phone. And answers it and you hear Finny (laughs) (laughs) and he fucking freaks out and hangs up and like runs to the other side of the room and then the phone immediately starts ringing again and he's just standing there not going to answer it and then the phone does just a continuous ring like a fire alarm almost like not even just ringing just like a non-stop and so eventually Finney goes and answers it. And now it's a boy's voice that's much less scary than before. And he talks to him and figures out that it is Bruce, the baseball. Oh, wow. Okay. So he is stockpiling them somewhere else. Or they're calling from beyond. Oh, oh, okay. This is a supernatural film. Yeah, because this phone is not connected. Okay, this is a supernatural film. This phone is not connected to anything. So, yeah. Uh, He recognizes his voice, I think, and says, oh, my gosh, Bruce. And Bruce doesn't remember his name. He says, I don't remember. Maybe uh, like, I don't remember that. I don't remember any of that. Where like where I am, I don't I don't remember anything. But I do remember that when I was in that room that you're in right now. There was a loose tile that I tried to, I moved to try to dig a tunnel under. You can see if you can maybe do that too. Then he hangs up and goes to a part of the room near the bathroom where there are little square tiles and he peels a couple up and there is dirt beneath that he starts digging and he's flushing dirt down the toilet between each I don't know, as he's like accumulating dirt to try to cover up his tracks, I guess. And he then also lays down one of the rugs over it once he's done to like cover up his work that he's doing. Okay. How would that work though? Like, I don't know. Where's the tunnel going to? How would you know what direction to do it? How long is that going to take (laughs) to? How long did it take in Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Years, years and years. I think it would take a long time. Yeah. Uh, Mm. Then there's grainy 70s home video footage of Bruce as a little boy. And it's so sad, (laughs) like childhood home videos. And the the visuals of this is similar to in Sinister. There would be these, you know, moments of the snuff films. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And so just stylistically, this reminded me of Sinister, even though the content of these grainy 70s videos is not snuff films, but rather childhood, mm-hmm. <laughs> childhood Quite memories. The Quite the opposite, but still similar. We can tell that this is Scott Derrickson's directorial vibe. And then Gwen wakes up and we see that these are her dreams that she's having. Mm. So... Again, she's praying, she's praying, she's have so she's had dreams now about Bruce's childhood. They're useless to her. They're very uh, sad and cute, but they're not uh, going to help her find her brother. So she's praying even harder. Mm. Back in the basement, the grabber brings Finney some food, some scrambled eggs, 
And Finney says, what did you put in those? And he says, salt and pepper. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And sets it down and says, you're already down here. Why would I need to drug you? Just a good point. Mm. And as he leaves, he leaves the door unlocked. He doesn't close it all the way. And he goes upstairs. Finney sees this and starts like waits a waits a moment and then starts moving towards the door to try to go out after. And then right as he's about to grab the door, the phone rings. He turns and answers it. It's a different voice this time. Another little boy. Mm. And the voice just says, don't don't do it. Don't go up there. Um, this is his game. Like he's up there waiting for you. And yeah, I mean, there's no way he did that on accident. Yeah. And this is, yeah. Once if you go up there, he's waiting up there with the belt and, um, it's his favorite, it's his favorite thing to play naughty boy. And God, Uh what the fuck? And the camera pans up. And we see him at the top of the stairs sitting shirtless with the mask on and a belt in Ew. his hand with this like very spread, like his legs widespread. And just his like stance in the way that Ew. he is waiting for Finney is so upsetting. Ew. Why is Ethan Hawke making this movie? I'm just curious. You know, what's his thought I actually process? Read, I actually read an interview and he he said that he just isn't normally a, a bad guy and that it was interesting to him to play something so different from what he usually does. So I think just yeah. out of he likes working with these people and this is like so bad, though, wanted to give himself a challenge. OK, sure. Um, I think he's one of the best parts of the movie. I mean, I guess there's not a ton of people in the movie and the kids are also very good. But Ethan Hawke ends up not being on screen actually that much. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more the kids. And I kind of wish there was a little bit more Ethan Hawke, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, but so Finney does not go upstairs. He talks to the boy and finds out that this boy's name is Billy. He's a He was a paper boy that went missing a while ago. And... As he's talking to him, the camera pans and Billy is in the room with him. And this was a big jump scare. It got me pretty good. But Finney can't see him. But this is just a device that happens now is that we see the dead boys ghosts Mm. basically in the room with Finney. But Finney can't see them. And how how do they look? Um, Very (laughs) similar to in Sinister. He just has he's bleeding from the head. Looks like a little boy in some ghost makeup he doesn't look super scary <laughs> but 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 he like it, we see that he has suffered some violent he's definitely, injuries he's wounds, definitely got wounded. some injuries yes yeah, okay. yes but this is also something that in sinister there's always little ghost kids too and in, in sinister too also ghost kid bullies scott derrickson is big on this stuff mm. Oh, my God. And the worst part, sorry, about the grabber upstairs when we like see him with the shirt off and the belt in his hand is that his mask has now been swapped out to have a big frown, a very exaggerated <gasps> frown on oh. the bottom half. Again, oh, I don't like that. Again, like that nightmare before Christmas, like the like the bad side <laughs> of the mm-hmm. mayor's face. Mm. Uh, so Billy tells Finney that he left a cable stuck between 
the wall and the floor like he you can like dig it out and pull out this cable and he says basically you can use it to to get to the window because the window has a grate in front of it and if he can loop this cord around it'll help he could climb up it and open it so that he can be heard i think is maybe Mm. the goal Mm -hmm. he Bring, brings one of the rolled up carpets and pushes it through, pushes the cord through the middle of the carpet so that it comes at the right angle to be able to loop around this grate. It looks in a way that absolutely de- defies physics. I don't think this would have been possible, um, but he's able to then get the cord around this window because it's too high for him to like just fling it on to there, you know? Mm. And so he basically gets this kind of pulley system on the on the grate in the window and starts trying to climb up it gets his finger close to the to the opening on the window and then the whole grate falls out and he falls to the ground and i was thinking that it seemed like a good thing cuz now he's now he could fit out of the window but he obviously now has no way to get up there anymore oh yeah so yeah he that sucks. That plan did not work. I would just be so scared the whole time that he would come back. I was going to say, what well, now he's also going to see that this happened. That was my, I feel like most stressful things is, yeah, basically just never knowing when this grabber is going to come in. So then we see the the two detectives that were speaking to Gwen earlier. Mm. They, they seem to be the ones assigned to this case are going around the neighborhood Asking people if they've seen Finney, you know, with a photo of Finney and basically just going door to door. And they come to a man's door and he immediately ushers them in. His name is Max and his energy is very chaotic and like he's coked out, which he is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come inside, come inside. And he basically has one of those like always sunny style crime scene boards with like maps and photos and and yarn yeah and he's like this is this is where the killer's got to be got to be in this area and they're like sir do you live around is this your place and he's like no no it's my brother's place i'm i'm uh staying with him just for a bit while i get back on my feet and the detectives clearly are thinking you know this guy's just kind of crazy yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actor that plays Max is James Ransone. He's the one that's also in Sinister. He plays Detective Soso. He's also in It, or no, sorry, just It Chapter 2. Um, I like him. And they then see lines of coke on the table. And so, again, just like roll their eyes at him. And they're like, all right, sir, like, let us know if you see this boy. And otherwise, have a good day. You might want to clean this up before your brother gets home. Uh, so they leave. And then he goes to finish the coke on the table. And as he does, the camera pans down through the floorboards. And we see that Finney is in uh, yeah, that basement. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. But Max actually doesn't know. Max is not aware. Oh, but the grabber okay. is his brother, and they are living in, like, I guess, diff- different parts of this apartment in a way that he's able to keep this secret. But we see the grabber going back down into the basement, and he's stressed about something. I guess probably he knows that the detectives came there and were asking his brother and so he seems a little stressed and 
Finney senses this and says, you know, you can let me go. I won't tell anybody what happened. Um, I swear you can blindfold me and just drop me off somewhere. I don't know where we are. And the grabber is acting like he's entertaining this. He's kind of um, thinking about uh, it. And he says, what's your name? What's your name? Will you tell me your name? And Finney looks at him and says, Taylor, my name's Taylor. And the grabber now comes out of the shadows. We haven't like seen him fully yet. And he's still he's now got his frown face on and he comes in looking mad now and throws a newspaper down at Finney and says, I was really starting to like you, Finney. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and he turns <laughs> and he turns to leave and says, I almost let you go. And then ah! shuts, <laughs> shuts the door behind him, but leaves it ajar again. And we see again, he goes upstairs, takes off his shirt, sits Ew. freaking spread eagle. <laughs> I don't know why the legs being so wide apart it's really, really it's affected horrifying. me. Like yeah, the fucking way that he is sitting is just uh, so gross. God, I hate it. I Ugh. hate it. We see the grabber starting to kind of nod off like he's tired and he's falling asleep. And the phone rings. Finney answers it. And now it's a little boy named Griffin, another one of the missing boys from a, a while ago. And again, we see his ghost. His ghost is probably the most fucked up. He's like floating in the air in a way Again, I don't know how to describe it other than like when Neo is being pulled out <laughs> from the water in the Matrix mm -hmm. with his arms and legs like behind him um, and a lot of blood on him. And he tells Finney that the grabber is asleep and that he can make a run for it. But he says, but to get out, the door has a combination lock on it, but it's my lock. It's the lock from my bike or no, from my locker. And Finney's like, great, what's the what's the code? And he says, I can't remember. And Aww. he says, but I remember that I was scared to forget it. And so I wrote it. I carved it into the wall. And we see his ghost point to a point in the wall. And it says, it's carved into the wall is 23317. But because it's a combination lock, Finney says, does that mean 23317 or 23317 or 23317? Like there's just all these different ways that it could be. And he says, I'm sorry, I don't remember. You're going to have to try them all. Oh, my God. OK, OK. <laughs> Which is going to lead to a very stressful scene ay, ay, ay. where Finney slowly creeps up those stairs mm. Opens the door oh, face fuck. to face with the grabber in this horrible, horrible position. Oh, but the grabber fuck. is indeed asleep. And so he tiptoes past him. This was a moment where I was really putting myself in these shoes of just like how fucking terrifying this would be. And I just think that if I got kidnapped, I think I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I would not be so no. brave. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking the exact same thing because I also, how you react when you have adrenaline coursing through you is so different depending on who you are. And like, I think for me, I've, I've, I freeze. Mm -hmm. I completely freeze. And my I brain just freeze. stops, stops. Freeze working. and fawn, baby. Like, those are my go-to. Never flight or fight. <laughs> what is fawn? What's, what's that one? Fawn is, uh, it's a newer one. It's, 
basically, yeah, trying to appease your um, oh, yeah, abuser yeah, yeah. or whoever, yeah. appease the threat. I would one hundred and fifty million percent do that. I think um, most and women uh, do that. Yes, we're because of uh, the way we've trained been, too. Yeah, socially trained. But I just think about that sometimes about how there are people out there who actually their brain is working better in moments like that, where they're just like super efficient and could get shit done. And that's so yeah, that's really crazy to me because my brain, it comes as close to turning off as possible. I mean, it's like I very much dissociate and it's like I'm not even yeah present. It's like my Uh brain is Uh who's to say that i'm even alive anymore my brain is my brain is my brain is shut off so do as you will <laughs> yeah so i was very stressed in this moment and admiring finney's bravery because we've seen that he's not been necessarily you know a big big brave boy in the past a big brave boy, <laughs> big, brave boy. <laughs> So he gets to the, he tiptoes past the grabber and finds the door with the combination lock on it and starts putting him in. Of course, the first one doesn't work. Of course, the second one doesn't work. It's this very effective shot over his shoulder where we can see the grabber perfectly behind him and it keeps racking focus between the two of them. Of course, of course, of course, of course. And... He eventually gets the lock open, opens the door, but just in that (laughs) noise, it wakes up the dog. There's a dog here that he didn't know about. A big, scary dog. And the dog starts barking, which, of course, wakes up the grabber. Finney just fucking bolts, runs out and starts screaming like, help, help, help. We see some lights on the street turning on. Neighbors waking up the middle of the night. And the grabber runs right after him and basically pins him down in some bushes, like knocks him down Uh, on top of him. And so they're kind of out of sight. And he says to him, if you make a fucking sound, I'll gut you like a pig and strangle you with your own intestines. And basically just holds him there uh, in silence for a few minutes while everyone turns off their porch lights and goes back to bed. Oh, my God. And he gets thrown straight back in that basement. Ah. God damn it. And then the phone rings again later when the grabber's gone and he answers it. And this is a kid named Vance. Damn, this guy has killed a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's killed so many kids. Like, don't live in a neighborhood where so many small children are being murdered. You know what I mean? It's movies like this that make people think kidnapping is that common because it's really not like at all. But it, in popular culture, it makes it seem like kids are just like taken off the street. Right. right. I, I, it do, I was thinking at the beginning of this movie, I do wonder like, because most of the time people think when bad things are happening, well, it's not going to happen to me. That's such that's so sad that it's happening to this person. But like it's not, I, I won't be affected. I do wonder at what point you would go. Well, a lot of boys in the age range of of my child or of me are being kidnapped. I right. guess I, I move. But you just think it's never going to be you. Yeah, I think it sounds like there were a lot of kids in this neighborhood like a over lot. a very like short a lot. period of time. <laughs> but it's Denver, you know, it's, like yeah, I feel it's not like that small a town. It's not yeah. a small place. It's not a small town. Mm. Like I feel like if that were happening in L.A., you wouldn't like move out of L.A. No, you. Yeah, you'd yeah. just be like, well, it's not gonna. Yeah, to me, not gonna happen and to my kids. Seventies. It's the seventies, man. Nothing goes in the seventies. 
crazy shit's happening in the 70s. There are no rules. There are no rules in the 70s. So Finney at this point is obviously feeling incredibly defeated and not as Mm. um, motivated to escape as he was before, feeling just like he's tried everything. So he gets this call from Vance, who we get some flashbacks of and see that Vance was a real punk. He's got like, he's kind of got a Stranger Things-y vibe, like that one Billy? Is it Billy in Stranger Things? That's He was in last season. He's kind of got his vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of got his vibe where he, again, we see him getting into a fight with a kid and almost killing. He carves carves something into a kid's arm. It's a number because this kid fucks up his pinball game and he's so mad about it that he starts carving into his skin. (laughs) Okay. And we see in this scene, and I'm sorry, I'm probably going to mess this up because I can't totally remember the logistics of it. But basically, this phone call is happening with between Vance and Finney and Gwen is dreaming it also. Nice. So somehow Gwen is able to tap into it. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Thank you, Jesus. I skipped a scene. I can't remember when it is, but there's a part where also Gwen gets mad and says, Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> like she gets pissed <laughs> at Jesus and questions if he is real. And but now she's having this dream. So then he had to deliver. She sees that the number that he carves into this kid's arm is actually the address to the place. Like she's in a cop car now with vince vance somehow i don't know they like drive by the house that it seems like this is the house she saw maybe the black balloons by this house and now she can see the number Mm. on this house great and so she now has a clue pretty big clue pretty big clue huge she doesn't know the street name but she knows the number of the house okay so it's that's i kind of what i thought too like well bingo that's it but Mm, i realized later like she doesn't have the street name so it could be any have google and she and she didn't see the house she She did see see the house but she did see the house okay okay okay. but she'll have to go to all she doesn't recognize it necessarily but she just knows the number so yeah uh so but on that phone call we see vance we hear vance telling finney that in the bathroom there's an outlet and above about two feet above that, there's a soft spot in the wall or something that if you take the lid of the toilet, the toilet bowl, like the that like big ceramic heavy lid, you should be able to bash through this wall. And there's a storage room there that nobody will be in. So this is just another thing you can try, like try it. And um, so... Finney does that and takes the lid off the toilet seat and starts bashing through this wall and sure enough does break through to the other side and it's basically he's broken into a meat refrigerator and so there's just like a bunch of meat in there and he's trying (laughs) to bang open the refrigerator but it's like you know like an industrial sized refrigerator that you can't open from the inside okay and so he can't open it and it's just another dead end and he crawls back out of there and crawls into 
the bathroom and just starts sobbing and it's just like it's like i'm so sad for him yeah like it's not gonna work nothing's gonna work and then the phone rings again and he answers it and it's robin and Mm. this is the last call he says this is the last time the phone is gonna ring um your time's running out this is this is it jesus so do we assume that Ethan Hawke knows that this is happening mm. or like has any idea? I wish that was a little more clear because Ethan Hawke does hear the phone right. in the beginning, but it's not clear if he can hear it again after that because Finney didn't hear it in the beginning. Like maybe they're hearing it for different th- reasons. And maybe he was, well, well, or maybe he was just fucking with him. Like he was like taunting him basically like there's a phone and maybe it'll well, ring and it's a soundproof room so at this point he would only hear it if he's actually in that room with him right so that's true yeah but more just the concept of it even happening at all like i kind of feel like calls. he can hear it but and maybe they just don't cho- they choose not to talk to him yeah the phone rings and nobody's there like how it was the first time that right and he picked it up yeah, but it's it sounds like the other boys have experienced this, too. So, like, this is happening over and over again. Like, the They're boys are contacting all the boys each other. Are trying to get the latest boy out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're going in order, right? And that's why this yeah. is going to be the last call. Yeah. And so we also see now Gwen riding her bike through all the neighborhoods. It's pouring rain. Now she's in a yellow coat and red rain boots looking a lot like Georgie. Mm-hmm. And as she's writing, there's a big jump scare where she runs into the five boy ghosts. They like stop her. What? And and it scares her. She can see them. And it scares her so hard that she falls off of her bike and looks up and she is in front of the house. (gasps) Thank you, Ghosts. Yes. So they they helped her, helped her find it. Thank you, Ghosts. And it looks like for a second she's about to fucking walk into this house. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But she doesn't. Thank God she gets back on her bike. She rides home. She calls the police. And we've established that they believe her, which is handy. And I feel like you might as well try Hey, yeah, any, why not? any lead you're getting, right? So a bunch of kids are disappearing in your fucking town. Let's try. Yeah. So we see Finney on the phone with Robin and he says, you know what I told you in the bathroom? Finney says that I need to learn to stand up for myself. And he says, today's Emily. Today's Emily. the day. Today's the day. Emily called the shit. She just called the shit out of this movie. How's our character going to grow? What's mm-hmm. going to change from the beginning of the film to the end of the film? Something has to change. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. And he tells him he's going to need a weapon. And he says, fill the phone with dirt to give some heft to it. <gasps> and then practice doing like a little one, two, three stance and swinging the phone. And so this is almost kind of like a training montage we Love like it. see now. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And meanwhile, we also see the grabber at a hardware store buying some supplies that look like time has indeed run out. Is he in his mask and stuff? Does he wear his like costume out and about? I think he wears his hat and like the face makeup. 
but he's not in the mask. Wouldn't everyone be like, what's up with this dude? <laughs> like everyone yeah. investigate this guy, this guy who keeps buying all the materials you need this to right. murder someone. Only weekly buys, yeah, uh, murder supplies and eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sums up with this mime guy. Drives a big van. He's almost also always at the balloon store. Like, what the right. fuck? He has so many black balloons, and they know that that is yeah. Who's old, who's buying black balloons? And so, why are they not monitoring? This it's the seventies. Is he like a party mime? Is he called to parties to do uh, mime? Maybe he's a. Par- yeah, he yeah. said he said he's a magician in the beginning. That's so what the black he says to are for his act. Yeah. All right. So. We see Gwen calling the police saying, please hurry and grab her buying some tarp and bags of dirt and an axe. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't already have these things. Oh, I I guess maybe with every kill, he like buries the weapon. Yeah. You got to get rid of the murder weapon. Mm, You must be making good money on this magic act. Yeah, seriously. Are all of the children in the meat locker? Frozen? Is that going to be a reveal? We're going to find out. Okay. It feels like there's got to be something with this meat locker. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I don't know. Nothing ever came with that rocket, so That's I would... True. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They're not following the rules that Chekhov stated for us. That's right. Chekhov's rocket just went to freaking shit. <laughs> and so, and then we also see Max upstairs doing lines of coke, staring at his little crime board and getting this look of realization, which I'm not sure why it took him this long to get. And I'm not sure why this is the aha moment. But he basically realizes their house is exactly in the right spot. (laughs) It's really funny. Based on where all the kids have disappeared from. This is he's like right in the center. And he gets up and sees the door to the basement like a door he's never been in and he's like going to investigate it can you imagine i guess he's too busy doing so much cocaine he didn't have time to investigate the basement i guess not this was making his little crafts yarn yarn board yeah exactly he goes to the basement door and looks like he's gonna be like oh no i like i'm being crazy and all like he's gonna walk away and he's like oh fuck it you could at least look down there check it out he does he opens it and he starts walking down we see the police pulling up (gasps) to the house oh no (laughs) and gwen has ridden her bike back and they're they're all convening back at the house and Max goes downstairs and opens the door and we see Finney all fucking ready with his he's like now looked like he's booby trapped the place and he's got his weapon now and he's fucking ready to fight and Max opens the door and Finney sees that it's not the grabber and Max is just like holy fucking shit holy shit holy shit kid like Oh my god, I I'm, I'm I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And Finney's like, "You got to call the police. Like, we got to get out of here." And of course, at grab that moment, her. Grabber comes home, axes Max right in the head. <gasps> Whoa! Oh. And Max falls to the ground dead. And the Grabber steps steps into the room. Now blood splatter all over his mask. And says, look what you made me do. Okay. Okay. Kill my own brother. That was his brother, brother, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus. And we see the cops 
busting into the house and the house that they are in is empty and they check it. Can't find anybody in there. What? They're like, this is not, this isn't the house. And then one of them sees a door to a basement and says there is a basement that's like covered here, but th- there's like no furniture in this house. So it's definitely a different house. And, but they break open the basement and they find all the kids' bodies are buried oh. in this house. But oh, it's not the house that Finney is in. Shit. Okay. Okay. Great. But it was the house with the number that she saw. Fuck. Yeah. The ghost. The ghosts gave her bad info. Okay. She got to have another dream, Gwen. Well, we got to make it another night. It's not looking good. The grabber is. T- I, they've all been saying tonight's tonight's the night. This is it. And the grabber is down here with his axe now and pulls it out of Max's head. He brings the big scary dog down to and chains it up by the door, by the like entrance to like block Finney so that he can't get out Mm. and goes to swing at him. He like tells him to hang up the phone. He sees that Finney has the phone in his hand. He lifts the axe and goes to attack Finney and Finney dodges it. And runs to the bathroom portion of this room. And we see that he has set up the cord as a trip wire so that while the grabber is coming towards him in the bathroom, he trips on this wire and falls into the hole that he he basically put the carpet over this hole also. So mm. now the grabber falls into this hole where he has he's dug it pretty fucking deep and put the grate that was on the window <gasps> in this hole. Oh. And so the grabber falls in there and fucks his, he like snaps his ankle. It's a bad fall. And now the grabber is screaming in pain. He's about waist deep in this hole. So it's like the top half of his body is like flailing and trying to grab Finney. And Finney just starts fucking wailing on <gasps> with this with oh this my God. phone there we go yeah it's it's gnarly he's hitting him as hard as all these other kids have been hitting each other all movie long <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes the cord of the phone and wraps it around the grabber's neck and is choking him with it and as he's choking and the grabber's faces eyes are bulging out of his head it looks like he's dying and as that's happening the phone rings one more time and finney answers it and says it's for you and puts it to the grabber's ear and it's all the little boys and they all get to say their piece and say like one last fuck you to the grabber and like hope you died and like rotten hell you piece of shit and then finney snaps the grabber's neck like (gasps) he basically like has him in a headlock over his shoulder from like behind and just like yanks down and fucking snaps his neck in a way that's gnarly for even an adult to do (laughs) oh my god yeah finny and he kills him and the grabber is dead holy shit but now there's this big fucking dog blocking the exit but there's a whole bunch of steaks and meat in that fridge the fridge does in fact Ah. come back into play and he just grabs a steak and throws it to the opposite side of the room and the dog goes and eats that finny freaking calm cool and collected just walks out of the basement oh he's not gonna have any trouble with those bullies on monday morning oh my god 
And he, we see Gwen outside of the other house that they're at, just like sobbing. And he steps outside and it's the house right across the street. Oh my And God. she sees him and they lock eyes and they run. Well, he kind of can't, he's in shock, I think. And he's basically standing still and she runs to him and they have a big, big hug. And peep, the police start noticing and everyone like runs to him and, uh, he says, you know, he's downstairs. Cops are all there. Set up both the crime scenes, and we're good. We're everything. <laughs> Finny's, Finny's alive. No, no, no. It is good. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The way you're saying that was making me think the other shoe was going to drop. No. So then we see Finny and Gwen in one of those like blankets in the back of an ambulance, and the dad runs up. And is crying and gets on his knees and apologizes to them. And he's sobbing like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I let you both down. I let you down. And they kind of give each other a look that tells me that they're, they've maybe heard something like that before. Yeah. Yeah. He's done this before. Yeah. And they rest their heads on each other's shoulders. So it's still them two against the world. And then, yeah, sure enough, the next day we see, or maybe not the next day, whenever Finney goes back to school, we see now everybody in the halls like whispering like, oh my fucking God, it's the guy who killed the grabber. <laughs> like he fucking killed a man. And he so killed yeah, a man. He, no one's going to fuck with him ever again. And he goes into his chemistry class or whatever it is, science class. And Donna comes and sits next to him and says like welcome back or something welcome back finny and he says you can call me finn <laughs> and that's the end of the movie <laughs> <gasps> not traumatized at all oh. gets the girl of his dreams everything <laughs> is <good. laughs> oh yeah um i'm cool now you can call me finn and i feel pretty good <laughs> the sequel to this is just like 10 things i hate about you like it's like finn like trying to get the girl I love you Baby. Baby. <laughs> oh wow um but yeah i thought it was pretty i thought it was pretty scary i thought it was good i think it is like it's definitely saying something about these cycles of violence and like the abusive dad obviously like has similarities to the grabber they both use the belt and yeah i don't know it felt like there was some Mm, statement to be made there that it's just kind of loose it's nothing uh, very yeah. explicit but i mean i guess it's it's like realistic that it, like it feels like as an audience member you want them to obviously go home to like a safe like he's overcome so much that now yeah. he deserves a fucking perfect home life yeah but he's not gonna get that yeah and so i guess I guess maybe that is the statement, but it like left me wanting something more, some like resolve there, I guess, because it feels in some ways a hopeful ending. They killed the bad guy. They like got saved. He didn't die. But then it is. Yeah, you're going back to an abusive situation. I think the thing is, is like you can't kill your dad. And it's like the only lesson that's been learned is like you have to stand up for yourself with violence. And like that's triumphant right. in a way. But like that obviously isn't gonna work in every situation like i guess we're waiting for him yeah. to be able to fight his dad um, right which doesn't feel great no. either right like it has this air of triumph at the end that then is quickly 
it's it's more bleak than I think yeah. initially you might believe. Like it actually left mm-hmm. me feeling pretty sad. Like, oh, nope, they just overcame one thing to be put right, right back well, in the, the original bad thing. To your point, Henley, it's like the only answer is just to become a part of it. And so it's like, OK, exactly. well, so now he's kind of the bully or like we'll just have to. The only way to keep you from beating the shit out of you is to be able to do it back or to have done it to somebody else or like to, you know, like you have to be hardened in that way in order to survive. Just like sad. we as an audience are like hoping that the dad will be better now. And but from what, you know, everybody knows about a, a, abusers, no. yeah. <laughs> like that tends to not be the they case. They always apologize. That's what's That's happening. That's the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have regret. They apologize. And then they just do it again. Ugh, that's so sad and depressing to think about. Yeah, mm. but I did. Wow. I did like it. I thought it was pretty scary. I did think Ethan Hawke was very good in it, even though he's very scary. I guess because he's very scary. Right. How weird would it be to be like Maya Hawke and your dad is playing this character in the film? <laughs> You're like, that's my dad. I think it would be crazy for Ethan Hawke to be your dad more in like Before Sunrise, where it's like you're in love with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like well, that would be harder. Yeah, that's a good point. How is Maya Hawke not romantically in love with her dad? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty uh, sure. If I think it's if you're possible. Maya Hawke, you don't watch that. I know. Or I wonder if you separate because it's your dad. I don't know. Let's ask her. You definitely are able to separate it because it's your I dad. Don't know. Just because it's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're. Biologically, you're probably required to separate it. But isn't that a thing though that happens? I mean, this also in like siblings or dating. But I feel like in general, you are attracted to people who genetically like kind of look like you. Yes, but there's like a pheromone thing that like you're supposed to be it like the scent biologically of your blood relatives is like repulsive to you in some oh. way. Obviously, that doesn't always that's handy triumph, but that but yes, it's like by it's like a biological necessity that like you're supposed to the same way that you're like drawn to certain pheromones, you are repulsed by others, and you're and like biologically right. speaking. You're, also, like, I could be so wrong, but I definitely heard, read, saw something like that at some point, And then just, you know, you sounded pretty confident kept it in my brain right and repeated me. it to others as if I'm correct. about Well, it. people have certainly committed incest before. That is no, a certain thing. people certainly have <laughs> but that. But most people haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> percentage wise, most people have not. Most people haven't. That's a really good way to, of Thank putting it. God. <laughs> That's a really it's good. It's got to be something's it. working in that, that. It's certainly more common to not by like a by a huge <laughs> huge margin. Regardless, I feel bad for Maya Hawk that she can't be in love with Ethan Hawk as much as I am. I feel so <laughs> bad for Maya Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> What a weird Can you away. imagine saying that to her? Like, oh, oh poor that Maya. Sucks. Are you in love with your dad? That so, <laughs> must be so weird for you. Or I'm so sad for you that you can't be in love with your dad. Sucks what so bad. Or like, or like it's the assumption she is and she just has to pretend like she is. Either way, both are bad. Pretty both tough. are tough. <gasps> both are tough. Pretty tough to be Maya. Pretty tough. Um, but yeah, so you guys would probably be skipping this one, huh? Oh yeah. 
definitely absolutely not seeing this one i'm very yeah i'm very happy to hear about it i love to hear about a new release i'm so glad grateful was the word i was going to say because i couldn't decide between glad and grateful so i'm so grateful that we get so many um new releases this summer i really i really am excited the new releases are fun loved seeing it in a theater there was a one of the jump scares got the lady next to me so good she like flew two feet in the air it was very fun <laughs> and then her her reaction scared me more than the actual uh, jump yeah. scare yeah, yeah of, course, yeah. of that course that was very fun i do i love a new release so i guess on our next new release will probably be nope Yep. It's our spooky summer. Which I'm so excited. Spooky summer continues. Ooh. All right. And voice wise, I guess we got the grabber's voice. <laughs> ah! Salt and pepper. <laughs> ah. So from all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. <laughs> Goodbye. Ew. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailer reactions, and more. And no matter what, we will see you right here next week for another episode. We love you so much. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.